Hello and welcome to a new episode of Silly Point. Uh, today we're going to discuss uh, what the future is for Pakistan cricket. We all know what's going on in the current test match. Uh, brilliant batting by Butler and Zach Crawley, no doubt. But I think the result is pretty much a foregone conclusion. No, no, weirder things have happened in cricket. But those those weirder things actually have always happened against Pakistan. They've never happened for Pakistan. So, especially with the bat, you know, you you, you have spells of Asim and Vakar taking eight wickets in a session to win a match. But I don't think it's going to happen yeah, in, with the batting. True. Uh, in this I match. mean, we you know we always talk about Azhar Ali and Asad Shafiq underperforming. Maybe you know tomorrow or today will be their day where they go <laughs> kick on and score a, a brilliant match, match saving hundred hundred and fifty. Who knows? I hope I I hope I eat these words up later, but I doubt that's going to happen. Um, uh, and then moving so because of this test match and Pakistan's recent performances in test cricket, especially Azhar Ali and Asad Shafiq, we'll come to the match in our midweek episode, uh, discuss it and dissect it in in greater detail once the full extent of the damage is known. <laughs> I don't think it's going to get any better from here, but. Um, we, that got us thinking Pakistan's performances, especially the failure of Asad and Azhar Ali, particularly. Yeah. What the future holds for Pakistan's batting um, over the next two, three years? I think the bowling has taken good shape. Uh, I mean, the performances are inconsistent, but you can see Shaheen, Naseem, Abbas, uh, you know, kind of having being that core pace attack, and then with you know Suhail Khan. Uh, Imran Khan Jr., a couple of other options on the bench. So you have a decent pool of, of bowlers, fast bowlers at least. Yasser Shah has show, shown glimpses that he still has it in this series. Um, and to be honest, he is the best that Pakistan have got. Shadab, obviously. And Shadab, yeah. So Shadab over, over the long term, I think he can, he has that potential. So, although Pakistan have been pretty horrible over the past day or so with the ball, and it's frustrating, but as a fan, that's something I don't I wouldn't say, obviously, I, I don't mind. I, I can accept because it's a very young bowling attack. So, you have you, you will always have these moments. Yeah, what I mean, has disappointed me more is with the bat when you have players who had so much experience yeah, true. failing again and again and again and again. True. Um, I mean, just, just a point on, um, on this test match and the bowling. Pakistan haven't bowled particularly badly. It's just that on the first day, it was difficult conditions to bowl in. It was windy throughout the day. And as you know, most players that play in England can attest to, when it's windy, it's extremely difficult to control the ball, whether the ball is swinging or it isn't. Yeah. I mean, personally, opening the bowling in England, um, you know, whatever level of matches we play, I have found it difficult at times to, you know, actually bowl well, bowl yeah. decently, bowl straight. Yeah. Um, you know, with the with the uh, with the wind. So I think it. I think that's a, a great learning experience for some of the younger guys like Naseem and Shaheen, and that will hold them in good stead in on future tours. So if you think of this as a as a learning experience, then you'll you know you you'll see the benefits of this in in you know whenever England uh, whenever Pakistan touring next. Yeah, exactly. I think that's the the big point. You have to look at the longer term. Yeah. Um, for example, you know, like people with the bat, you know, Asad and Azhar failing again. It doesn't, like what, is, this is probably their last tour of England, but I hope it is their last tour of England. 
or their last tour any or, or their last tour anywhere else to be honest um but those, the problem also is that there isn't anyone else ready and i think we yeah. and that's what we'll come on to today yeah. what backup options do we have and again you know i'm pretty sure what's going to happen is asad and azhar they might get a you know a solid 50 in the second inning or in the, yeah. in, in the in the match yeah and just save their place for the next you know 3 4 series and that's what already always happens in pakistan cricket you know the last game of the yeah. series one batsman gets a quick uh, a good 50 60 Yeah. which has no no impact on the match but it just saves their place for the next 2 3 years and that's yeah. the disappointment and i think that that might happen again here sure um, just just on your point about not having enough backups or enough players ready to take over from these guys uh, or, or you know just just to put pressure on on the on the current players i think nowadays domestic cricket all over the world whether it's pakistan england india sri lanka wherever the quality of cricket isn't that great it's very difficult to get you know zack crawley fans will disagree but okay well no i mean zack crawley is a great example because his first class average is what maybe 30 35 he yeah. scored before this double hundred he scored three first class hundreds so this is only his fourth first class hundred and um, that just gives you a clean story there it's very difficult to um you know pick a player from domestic cricket and say okay he's averaging 50 or he's averaging 40 um and then you know he's actually going to translate that at the international level yeah. so i think along with your your records at the domestic level um you know coaches and um you know whoever whoever talent talent identification managers are they need to look at other things maybe technique you know maybe um you know how they're performing under certain specific scenarios yeah. um you know how they're doing against a second new ball for example in a in a first class game um you know are they able to accelerate how are they building their innings so things like that have to come into play uh, for players to be picked zack crawley yeah. is a great example like i said um he i mean it's so weird he hasn't ever played for england a yeah he's just been exactly. he's just been uh, picked he's just been picked for the test team straight away so i think you know that's a, that's a great example of what you know other countries you i mean other countries countries like india pakistan sri lanka bangladesh they've been doing that anyways they would yeah. pick players from the under 19s they would pick players from nowhere and make them play international cricket and those players would do brilliantly but i guess teams like england and australia are now catching up to that so i don't think you know i know when you say that oh there are not enough ready replacements that might be the case looking at the stats but maybe you know the the coaches and the setup needs to be a little more uh, innovative in the way they think and in the way they pick players yeah no i i totally agree and that's what they need to do like i would rather have uh, you know a younger player i don't know someone like uh, even a heather ali who is more of a t20 specialist yeah but i'd rather he would have you know failed uh, and scored those 10s and 20s that ashish shafiq has been scoring yeah. because at least you see some long term returns hopefully right True. Yeah. The problem with us, and I've been saying this since day one. I know there are quite a few fans around. Let us know in the comments if you are an Asad Shafiq fan. But um, I just cannot understand why that guy has been playing so consistent, so long in in that team. Yeah. And, and but just because there was there was no one else. I mean, the only replacement that they sort of had was 35-year-old Fawad Alam, who <laughs> <laughs> whatever you say about him. Uh, let's see how he goes in this test match. Hopefully, he does get yeah. some runs for for his own good. But even then, you know, he's not a long-term answer. Yeah. 
he can fit in for a series here and there, you know, but I don't think he's someone you can see carrying Pakistan cricket forward for sure. three, four years. Yeah. Speaking I of... Mean, yeah, sorry, go on. I was just saying, speaking of carrying Pakistan cricket forward, obviously the only name that does come for, you know, come to, to come to mind is Babar Azam. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, the, the batting order must revolve around him and to a certain extent, yeah. Shan Masood, who is also 30, but I think he still has three, four years in him. Yeah. Um, Maybe longer. But, you know, he, he he looks fit. He his his technique is in good order. I know he did really well in the PSL in twenty twenty yeah. as well. He was captain of Multan Sultan, so there's a lot of potential there for Shan Masood to convert his test form into um, the ODI and T Twenty stage, and even potentially be the captain for Pakistan Monday. I I feel personally. I think he has to, be, especially at the, at the test level, he is the most natural choice. Yeah, uh, and the, the only good thing for Pakistan that's that's come out of this series, I think, has been the performance of Rizwan. Uh, I think he, mm-hmm. as a keeper and and also as a batsman, has shown. Although I, the first test, first innings, I was very critical critical of him. He had a bit of a shocker with yeah. the bat, but he's he's improved and he's shown that he can stick it out there and play aggressively with the tail if needed. Yeah. So that one big, big um, tick in the box. So that's one one position I think number six or seven where Pakistan have have some potential over the next, say, four or five years that they can go. Yeah. But but the rest of it, uh, the second opening slot, Abid Ali, I don't think is good enough. He got a 60, but yeah, after three chances, I think even <laughs> I could score a 60. <laughs> um, Agreed. I think I think they need to look at someone like Imamul Haq as yes. a more long-term option. Obviously, yeah. Imam is pretty young. He's 25. Um, so, he definitely needs to be looked at. No reason why he can't convert his ODI form into into uh, the test match arena. Um, I think all he needs is time and opportunity. Yeah. If he gets that, he will make it happen. That's my personal opinion. Yes, I, I think that's. I think they should have. Go, well, they should have at least gone with the mom for one of the three games. Uh, obviously, yeah. it's a shame that the second test match got um, washed out. Yeah. But uh, Imam and and they can also be a little innovative, especially in, in conditions like England, South Africa, you know, Australia, where it's tough for, for, for our opening batsmen to play. Um, they can drop Azhar Ali and they could have gone with Imam at three. Yeah. Because then you have sort of three opening batsmen, you know, people with, with an opening batsman technique. Uh, although Azhar Ali has a double hundred in Australia, I have no idea how he got that. <laughs> but uh, I think Imam at, at, as an opener, even at, at three, is, 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 is not a it's bad a option. Shot. Yeah, no, no. Exactly. Or they can bring in someone like a Sami Aslam, who is still 24, 25. Yeah. Uh, although recently, I think he's he's been pretty much out of form, even even in the domestic game. But he he's been to England a few years in 2016. I think he. he I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, Sami Aslam certainly when when he when he played in England last or when he played for Pakistan last, he he looked he looked like a good opener. Uh, yeah. You know, typical left-hander, almost in the same mold as Shan Masood, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, I believe he, I think Sami Aslam is the highest run scorer in under 19 World Cups. I think that's the case. I think that's a record for him. You know, he looked like someone who could be, yeah. you know, the next big Saeed Anwar, for example, or Ahmed Sohail uh, in, in the test matches. So certainly, you know, he could he could get a chance once he gets back to form. Yeah, and apart from that, then you're back to the old tried and tested names. I mean, Haris Sohail, he's also 30 plus is he in the next big <laughs> middle <laughs> so, order batsman so my uh, opinion on, my opinion on Harris Sohail is that you know i think he's a pretty good odi and t20 player 
utility wise batting wise you know all of that spot on but i think he'll struggle in test matches and i think his technique is not up to the mark especially when it comes to playing in england australia new zealand south africa i think he'll be found out there yeah i mean that's well that's the problem with any other pakistani batsman right <laughs> well, not babar azam yeah except i think bar <laughs> well, babar is is the exception to any um conversation about pakistani batsmen <laughs> and then apart from that then i mean there are few names out there um, usman salahuddin he's still uh, 29 30 so he probably has a few years yeah. left left in him yeah he's had a decent couple of years in the domestic circuit um but again you know as, as we've seen with someone like abid ali domestic form does not really translate into i agree yeah i agree i mean it's that's why i said it's you know you you have to complement your your domestic stats with other things that you've seen you know if for example if we're talking about a psl match you know if a young player has you know probably scored 10 runs of three balls and you know that he he needed those runs to win the game for his team yeah. then i would say that that needs to be given a lot of weightage as well not the fact that he just scored 10 runs of three balls but yeah. you know just the fact that under a pressure situation he was able to remain calm and stable and be able to get those runs uh, get the runs required i think things like that you know need to be considered when you're picking players for the national team no exactly i think and that's also the issue i know there are a lot of um, fans of hyder ali let yeah. us know if you are one <laughs> but he based on this one psl like really and even then he had a decent psl he was an exceptional i mean he, his average wasn't you know 50 plus yeah. but i mean he, he he scored he scored he played nine games scored 238 runs average of 30 strike rate was impressive 162. I think the thing is, you know, he's a six hitter. He's yeah. number four on the list of most sixes in the PSL in 2020. Yeah. So he clearly is in that in that mold of six hitting. Yeah, we'll it's, see. He might get a chance in the he might get a chance in the T20s against England, right? Yeah. So yeah. That, that might be should. a chance from. Yeah. He he should. He definitely should. Definitely. Um, but apart from that, I mean, again, we're kind of focusing more on the Test um yeah. arena. Yeah. Maybe he can group be groomed into a Test player. Yeah. Um, but I think well, we need to a get rid of both Azhar and Azhar, which I've said for the tenth time. But <laughs> um, Imam is a decent shout. I mean, if you can still have maybe Abid for a couple more years, he's thirty-three almost, uh, so he can stick around. And then you have Imam at three. Babar should be number four. Ba- Babar should be a number four. Yeah, yeah. Untouched at number four in test matches at least. Yeah. Um, and then 5 6 i mean you can try someone like uh, usman salahuddin you can try um Heather maybe haris sohail either ali yeah so you have and that has to be in the rizwan you have it 6 or 7 yeah i agree i mean in, in the long term rizwan at 6 and shadab at 7 seem to be the right you know seems to be the right way to go and i guess with shadab you know obviously we saw his batting in england his record is pretty good but i guess the way he he scores his runs is not yeah it's not a very convincing it's not safe it doesn't look like it's safe you feel yeah. like he's getting out you know he's going to get out every ball um yeah. i think that's something that misbah and yunus need to work on with with him but i think in the long term he has the p- potential to be a, a good all-rounder yeah. batting wise bowling wise so i think you know that he's he's got good potential to bat at number 7 Yeah, no, and there are a few, you know, batsmen in their mid fifties who have decent first class records. Um, Saad Ali is one. He's had a couple of good years. I think recently, he's again his form has has gone down a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think Imran Butt. He was a top scorer last year. 
in the right. domestic series in Pakistan. Uh, he's a good he's, he's an opening batsman he's a, a good opening batsman but right. his average was like 65 or something in the domestic um yeah overall i think he's still under 40 okay. in domestic okay. average but even even shan masood's uh, average is under 40 right so yeah like you said it doesn't it doesn't translate into it international translate. Yeah. yeah i mean i had potentially give more weightage to psl uh you know to to kind of psl records because over there in the psl you've got international level players playing with you and against you so you know, I think um, how you perform there should be you know should be a good barometer. I mean, you take that, and yeah. along with that, you look at your domestic stats and you look at you know what you're doing in your domestic first class games and yeah. your domestic ODIs and T20s. Um, so I think that's important. Um, I was going to say that there are there are two other players I want to talk about. So one is Ahmad Butt. Yeah, he's a bowling all-rounder, medium yeah. pacer. I think he did pretty well in the PSL recently. And the other one is Zeeshan Ashraf, who's a wicket keeper. Yeah, um, yeah. He also did decent in the PSL, I think. Yeah, yeah. Not exceptional. He's twenty-eight. So, so uh, Zishan Ashraf is twenty-eight. So he's, he's relatively, you know, relatively young, and he, yeah. he hasn't got a chance to play. Yeah. I think out of the the young names, I think Rahel Nazir is is one more. Who, of course, yeah. Again, he's, he's he had a good under nineteen World Cup, the under nineteen captain. Uh, yeah. But again, you know. I would rather have rather had him in, in hindsight, although he's, he's, it's too soon maybe for him. Yeah. But I'd rather have him scoring uh, 15, 20 runs and failing rather than us early scoring 20 and yeah. then getting out and then have that counting for nothing. I agree. I agree. And to be yeah, honest, so. I, I know you know Pakistani fans very emotional and, and especially after a performance like this, you're very demotivated and you don't want to talk about. Um, but you would take a performance like this if you see some long-term improvement. And that's why I'm, I am disappointed as, as a Pakistan fan yeah. uh, at how we've uh, we've bowled in this test match. But you do see some light maybe in the next two, three years that these guys can get better. You know, imagine Nassim, you know, 22 years old. Yeah. You know, Shaheen, who's, you know, 25, 26 years old. Yeah. Abbas, I think he can carry on for another 10 years at his <laughs> 78 miles an hour. Um, yeah, so I think there, there, there is room for growth, but... In the batting, I think that, that that is the issue, and and you know the names we've discussed. Maybe the, you know it is about time that they, they they are given a go. Yeah, I mean, like you said, there's no particular standout. Yeah. Um, you know, no particular standout batsman, but again, I think nowadays you have to pick players based on potential, and then yeah. uh, you know the coaching setup has to come good. The coaching yeah. setup has to actually earn their money, basically. Yeah. Um, once upon a time, we used to have coaches who would just allow players to come in and you know allow them to maintain their technique, their mental aptitude, and you know yeah. maybe a few tweaks here and there, and that's it. So, uh, because because the players are doing on the job learning, yeah, we also need on the on the job training. Yeah. It's like us, you know, in a corporate job, when we when we join a new role, yeah, like you, you spend almost two three months. Um, yeah, just learning, skilling yourself, learning about the business and yeah. stuff like that. So I think a similar, a similar thing has to be applied for, um, you know, young players coming in. So I don't see why Rohil Nazir can't be given a chance. I don't see why Haider Ali can't get, can't be given a chance. Yeah. I mean, Pakistan have got, you know, a, a great coaching setup. Yeah, have Misba as your head coach and to have Vakar Yunus as your bowling coach. I think that's incredible. And I know recently, um, Mohammad Yusuf. Has yeah. been appointed the batting coach of the uh, National Cricket Academy, and yeah. Mohammad Zaid has been appointed yeah. the bowling coach of the NCA. So I think those are really good appointments. Um, and yeah, I don't see why 
if you bring in new players, I don't see why these older players who are now in the management they can't actually yeah. train them, coach them, you know, technically, mentally, yeah. um, you know, coach them to get better. Yeah, no, I agree. I think uh, this is again, given the current situation and the current season performance, it's very hard to look at a bright future. But I do see some light at the end of the tunnel. You know, with the current coaching set, I think it's been the first time in a long, long time where you have these big names in the right positions. Yeah. Uh, although it's always been a tough one for Pakistan because there, there are a lot of ego clashes and internal politics and stuff where you, you know, people don't survive in these jobs for longer. Yeah. Um, but hopefully, you know, this time it works, and you know, there are very big names of Pakistan cricket, and hopefully, they can live up to to their playing careers as, as a coach and um, you know help in the development of of these younger players. And the second thing I think is also the structure of of domestic cricket and how that yeah. evolves. That is very crucial. And I know if you uh, uh, speak to most of the professional players, uh, professional domestic cricketers, they have been very unhappy with the the move from departmental cricket to a kind of more regional format. Yeah. Uh, but if you ask me as a fan, again, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of the details because I know uh, the, the, the format of department cricket was that these cricketers get jobs and, you know, if in case their, their careers don't work out on the cricket field, they can get, you know, jobs within these departments. Yeah. I mean, that's good, especially in a country like Pakistan where, you know, it's, it's not the most flourishing economically and, you know, people need, they have their priorities of looking after their families and this and that. But yeah. when you come to a sport, an international level sport and this is something that's very easy for me to say given that I'm not part of it and you need to be a bit more ruthless and a bit more cutthroat that if you're not good enough then you're not good enough yeah. you know and I think that will that culture will need to flourish and, and that's how we've seen the Australian teams and that's how we've seen the, you know the current Indian team evolve where you have a domestic structure you know based on regions and that's how it has to be like why do you have Habib Bank or like Karachi Electric mm. having their cricket team. Like, why? It's better to have them as sponsors to, to them, for them to sponsor these regional teams and then kind of bring in money into the sport that yeah. way. Yeah. Um, so, my my opinion is slightly different in that I could imagine. So, I don't know how many first class teams were there when you had the departmental teams. Were there like 10 or maybe more? There were more, there like 12. Yeah. It changed pretty right. much every year, but yeah, 10 or 12. Yeah. yeah. And, now, and now there are six, I think. Six yeah. regions. Right, so obviously that's that's a decrease. But if you look at England, eighteen counties. Yeah. If you look at India, um, what 30? 30, 30 teams, yeah, but, 30, yeah. 35 Ranji Trophy teams. Obviously, India is a much bigger country, so yeah. you know, hence you've got more, more you know, you you've got more teams. But um, I know England as well. They're thinking of reducing the number of county teams. But if you really think about it, James Anderson, right? was brought through the uh, Lancashire yeah. Academy system and Lancashire now in Division 2. Yeah. Right? Uh, Owen Morgan played all through for Middlesex and Middlesex is in Division 2. Stuart Broad was from Leicestershire. Leicestershire yeah. obviously is still in Division 2. But, you know, it, it, it's um, it's weird. I mean, I don't know. Maybe the fact that you have so many teams. I think that the gap between Division 1 and Division 2 in England isn't that big. It is. I mean, that's what everyone says that there is a big gap between Division and Division One and Division Two. You've got a lot of players who make the switch, yeah. you know, who make a county switch so that they can play more Division One cricket, so that they get recognised more. Yeah, I mean that that happens. That's that's fine. And I, 
Look, England is probably a an exception, I'd say, to that, uh, given the number of teams. But I think they also have a very strong structure uh, where every team has six, seven. I mean, we've sort of experienced this ourselves, you know, playing in, in, in the UK, yeah. where every small club or county has yeah. 10 different teams, you know, and you yeah. work your way up the ranks yeah. and they have the resources and, and everything. So that's a very different situation. True. And the, the domestic clubs or, you know, uh, regions in, in Pakistan don't even have one-tenth of the resources yeah, you know, compared to that. So that, that's one one part of it, obviously. But but I know for a fact as well that it's not, so you've got the six regions, but then below those regions, you've got like, uh, you, you know, there's been a pathway that's been developed for yeah. uh, cricketers to come through and play yeah. for the regions. So I yeah. think that pathway is very important as well. That's, that is the most important thing to keep yeah. these players focused to maintain their discipline, to maintain their fitness. And, and beyond that, I think the talent is there. I think that's why it's very, very, very important for Pakistan cricket that they have a very good performances consistently from Babar Azam because he is someone people can look up to. Of course. Uh, because he has that um, discipline in his fitness and yeah. his, his development of his game. And we've seen that recently, how he's improved as a test batsman. Yeah. Um, so as the more he performs, there'll be one person for the youngsters to look forward to, okay, I want to be like Babar Azam. True. I mean, true. No, anybody else, I don't think anybody right now in Pakistan is growing up to say, I want to be the next Azhar Ali. Yeah. I want to be the next <laughs> Azhar Shafiq. Yeah, so Babar Azam has that in him, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, but but coming true. back to the, to the domestic um, structure, what really has disappointed me and, you know, for those who watch us, I think if there's one reason for you to watch us and, and learn about cricket, is because we have no agenda. We have no connections with anyone, you know, in in any country. We're not uh, promoting anyone here. Um, but a lot of these domestic players, and you see them having all their YouTube channels and stuff, and you know, absolutely going ballistic on uh, on the the current structure of how you know the powers have devolved and this and that. But what's you know, if you have twelve department teams. If all, you know, it's not like the way they presented it, we have 12 teams, you know, and each team had, what, 20 players each. That's 240 players. And now it's six teams uh, of 120 players overall. So you've just slashed the pool by half and how the people are just unemployed now. But that's how it should be, right? Those extra 120 odd players should just move into the lower division of the same region. Yeah. yeah. That's, it's so simple. and it, I don't know why they, they, they don't get it or they just don't want to portray it like that way. It's a very simple structure True. where you have a bottom approach where, you know, they can move into the second 11 or the third 11 of a specific region. Yeah. That's how it should be. Yeah. I, I think obviously, you know, that there must be something about pay as well, because yeah. if you, if you, if you were playing for a, for a domestic team, you know, at, at the topmost level, obviously your pay would have been at the highest level yeah. it could be, but then you're now being downgraded to your second team or your third team. Your, no, but that's an incentive for you to play well. Right. Yeah, exactly. I agree. But I'm just saying that I guess that's why people are up in arms about it. And maybe the PCB can do something about that. So, it, you know, as soon as you change a system, right, there's going to be an uproar. There's going to be like, yeah. a, a, it's a step change, right? Yeah. It's a step change. So, maybe the PCB needs to bridge the gap there for some of these players, um, you know, who are now going to play in lower divisions, maybe yeah. bridge the pay gap for one or two years. And then once the system beds in, you know, going forward, they maintain this and that's how it will always yeah. be known. So I think because it's a step change, that's why people are bound to make 
you know, bound to question it and bound yeah. to say, oh, it's not right, it's wrong. But I think if the PCB have the right thought process behind it, which I now think they do because Vaseem Khan has, has gone from Leicestershire to uh, to the PCB to become the, uh, is, he, is he the CEO? I think he's the CEO, right? So he's running... You know, he's the like the managing director, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, he's running the day-to-day activities of the PCB, yeah. um, which, which I think is, is really good for them uh, because he's got that that English background and, you know, he, he can bring what has happened in the county system yeah. uh, to there. And so I feel like they've got the right thought process. And if they just bridge that gap for the players who are struggling with the pay yeah. um, for a year or two, that will obviously help them with financial security and also give them the motivation to keep doing well and keep yeah. pushing for higher honors. So I think sure. that, you know, eventually, if this system is maintained maybe over the next three, four, five years, I think it's going to be very beneficial to... to and the one, the, the last thing I'd say to, to again, you know, the people who think, um, you know, the, the Pakistan, you know, with... The, the old system or whatever, they still produce the likes of Wasim, Vakar, Inzamam, Yusuf. They came despite the system, not because of the system. Because, exactly. If you would, then you would have had more and more of, of these players. You know, you would have had three or four Babar Azams over the past decade. Yeah, if you, you had know, a you system have, in place. Exactly. The best example to compare Pakistan to obviously has to be India, right? And now you look at India today, I mean, okay, even if Kohli and Sharma retire, they know who is going to be the next three, the next four. You know, they have Prithvi Shaw, they have, you know, Gil ready, they have Rishabh Pant, KL Rahul. They have a whole line of batsmen ready to take over, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it's just it's just the nature of cricket in India and Pakistan. Pakistan will have a whole battery line of uh, bowlers ready to take over yeah. from the incumbents. And India have a whole line of no, but now India's bowling is very good. India's bowling they, has come up significantly. Yes, their second grade, like the second grade bowling attack, is what Umesh Yadav, um, Umesh Yadav, Bhuvneshwar Kumar. Yeah, exactly. And uh, there, there are a few other youngsters. I mean, there are a few like Saini Se- and um, yeah, Khalil like, Ahmed. You know, those are decent. Yeah, Navdeep Saini is pretty quick. He regularly bowls 140, 145, which is which is great for us. Uh, Bhuvneshwar Kumar once upon a time was. You know, uh, for for a short period of time, he was the best bowler we had across format. So, yeah, um, injuries have troubled him a bit. But yeah, I do agree that um, the likes of Asim Vakar have come through despite the system. Exactly, um, it does. It is a change. It, it's a, it's a transition, and it's something that does take time. And I guess I know Pakistani fans are very impatient. I am one of those. But I think at the end of the day, you know, you need to see light at the end at the end of the tunnel. And if you see that transition happening, like England did, right? I mean, look at England 2015, and now they're world champions. Yeah, true. They have to go through that phase of of transitioning. Okay, it was in the white ball format, and they had to change their attitude completely. Yeah, that's now also translating into their test arena. I agree. I completely agree. They've they've like I said before, they've maybe they've done away with the with you know looking at averages in in the county yeah. championship and looking at other things. Yeah. So, Butler's selection, continued selection, has exactly. always been a question mark. But if you look at his batting now, you know, yeah. different level altogether. I mean, to do that over two or three test matches in a row, to come in and save your team yeah. uh, when you've been, you know, 100 for five, 100 for four, I think that requires some special courage, which clearly Butler has. His keeping is a different matter. Yeah. You know, we can discuss that at another time when <laughs> England when England go to India in, in Feb. <laughs> know what happens yeah. then but in terms of his batting and his his courage and his uh, temperament no yeah. doubts you know incredible selection 
Yeah, no, I agree. And, and just coming back to Pakistan um, and, and their future, I think that the next tour that they have um, unofficially, I think nothing's been officially announced, but yeah. I think either South Africa or Zimbabwe are looking to come to Pakistan. Right. Uh, if it's Zimbabwe at home, I hope, I hope they actually go with the youngsters. Yeah. Because Azir and Asad are going to go and smash 200s in that, in that and seek, secure themselves for another 10 years. Um, uh, but, the, 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 but the next big test is, is the away series in New Zealand. I think that's in right. December or January. Okay. And, I, and I really hope that for that, you know, they make the big changes. I mean, they'll have, they'll have a couple of months gap so yeah. they can groom whoever they want or yeah. kind of, you know, make the changes. Yeah, which, which is when hopefully, you know, Pakistan will have their domestic yeah. uh, cricket starting as well. So, you know, you'll have, you know, the selectors will have a month or two of domestic cricket yeah. to look back on and, and pick the players that they want to. But no, I agree that it's it's time. It's time to move on from Azhar Ali and Asa Chafiq <laughs> and, and bring in some of the more younger players. Um, yeah, that's that's my opinion. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, so that's our thoughts. Let us know what you think. Uh, do Azhar and Asad deserve another chance? Do we need to live off their legacy for the next five years as well? Or who do you think are the next big... Th- who, who do you think is the next big thing in Pakistan cricket? Who is the next big batsman? Is it Heather Ali? Apart from Babar Azam. Yeah. We, uh, know, we know he is, <laughs> he's made it already, so we don't want to hear about Azam. But anyone else that, I guess, that the audience... Yeah, who is the, who's the, the, the Indian equivalent, I guess, to someone like KL Rahul or Shiris Ayer in Pakistan? Do we have that? <laughs> if, if there's anyone <laughs> who can I take over from that. Harsh, but yeah, you know, maybe with this structure, maybe in five years' time, we can have that dis- have this discussion again and yeah. then see, you know, what, what happens. But yeah, let's see. So yeah, let us know in the comments. As always, please like, in, like, share, and subscribe to our channel. And thank you for watching.